You're listening to my podcast with Indian America, and this is episode one. My podcast is created to empower you as a young professional to build your career of choice. If you are in need of any advice regarding your professional career and want to gain different perspectives about your job field, then you've come to the right place. Let's step into it. Hi, good morning, Marika. Hi, good morning, and how are you? Good, how are you? I am well this morning. Awesome. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me today and, of course, our guest speaker. But I want to welcome you and our listeners, of course, for our first podcast, My Next Step podcast or My Podcast. Uh, of course, this is going to be a start of several podcasts that we want to be covering very important topics that may be helpful and interesting to young professionals who are either just about to start to finish their studies or, you know, start their professional career. So I hope that everyone enjoys today's session, of course, and feel free to send us your comments, suggestions moving forward. So what is the topic for today, Marika? I think the topic is community and what it means to us, to our guest speaker, to just all young professionals out there. So uh, tell me, what do you feel when, you know, when we talk about community? What does the, What is the first thing that comes to your mind? I think the topic of community, the first thing that comes to mind is a group of people that are gone together by like a sense of belonging. Community in itself is like such a straightforward thing. When it pops up in your mind, you're like, oh, okay, community, I get it. It kind of describes itself already as it is. But it obviously can mean so many things to different people, like self, you, and our guest speaker, other young professionals. Um, but I would like to ask you, what does community mean to you? Like community, as you said, it's just like it means to belong somewhere and to a group of people. That's like, the, I would say this is like the very traditional, you know, definition. Hopefully, if, like if, if we open the dictionary, that would be the first thing that you would read or get out of that definition when you read it out to yourself. But for me, also, community gives me other, you know, sense of other things like safety, support, to belong to something, to belong to a group means that this group can support me. I can reach out to them when I need help. I can reach out to them when I need advice. They can also guide me. I can guide them. You know, there is a sense of trust. So it brings all these warm feelings and words into play when you hear the word community. That's what I what I feel like. Yeah, for sure. I think community, to me especially, is a sense of belonging. When I first entered university, I never really knew anybody coming to university except for my one upper year friend, who isn't really in my program, but just my mentor to show me around campus, um, to show me where, you know, where I get my books, all that stuff. But like when I started to be involved in my community, where it's like in club, my societies, join my events, within like university I started to find like-minded people like myself who kind of share similar interests, goals, who are in the same job field as myself. And that's when I like started to feel like a sense of belonging. You know, it really allowed me to like grow as an individual within my community as I was able to really participate in various activities and events without being so shy because I felt like, oh, okay, like this is really where I belong. This is where I'm feeling the most supported. I won't really feel judged by like what I want to do in life because people are also doing the same thing as I'm doing. And throughout that, I was able to meet so many new people, which is like the greatest part of it because I would have never met like my closest friends if it wasn't for me like being involved and being part of that community. Oh, excellent. No, it is. It's a very broad term. I think and it belongs a lot of 
interesting concepts to it. And I think at the end of the day, the concept that really is the highlight of all of that is just feeling you belong somewhere. You belong to a group of people. Somehow there is a group of people that you belong to, regardless of what is your interest. You can be part of many communities and, you know, based on your skills, where you want to be, what are your ambitions, all of these things can lead you to join and to find different communities that you can be part of, to contribute to and also to benefit from. And I think there's nothing wrong with feeling that you need also to benefit, not just, you know, to give. It's like a, a give and take. It also brings that sense to it. Yeah, of course, because, you know, belonging, being involved, creating that really sense of community is like super important, especially in young professionals life. It helped me, you, probably our guest speaker, grow within our career from like the networking opportunities, all the referrals, all the connections. Um, we learned so much from each other, even now. That gave me insight more of like of community just based on your experience a little bit. Just having that one on one conversation really does help. And that is why the guest speaker is really important to come in to give more insights on like her journey experiences with her own community. So everyone, I would like you all to meet Deborah, a current law student at the University of Leicester. She has an honors of Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Toronto, Mississauga, where she double majored in political and sociology with a minor in women and gender studies. So everyone, let's welcome Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Hi, good morning. How are you guys? <laughs> um, my name is Deborah. Obviously, you guys know that now. Um, I'm actually a first generation Black Canadian. Um, yeah, I graduated recently from the University of Toronto with the Honors Bachelor of Arts, and I'm currently a law student at the University of Leicester. Um, within, even within my, you know, school life and current studies, I'm actively involved in my community. I'm a huge community leader. I've been a part of different nonprofits, and I currently work as associate manager for a nonprofit right now. And and I'm a summer student at a law firm downtown Toronto. So that's a little bit about me, but I know we'll get to talk a little bit more throughout our conversations today. So yeah, hit me with the questions. <laughs> Thanks, Deb, so much for joining us today. And uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your bio. It's very, very impressive, to be honest, and super interesting to, you know, to learn about your journey and where you started and where you are heading right now. So tell us then, if you don't mind, Share with us some of the challenges that you faced after graduation. Yeah, so personally for me, um, you know, as you can tell from like my resume and my LinkedIn, I just love to get involved. Like, I think that was my biggest problem, just saying yes to everything and wanting to be involved in everything. Um, I do have like my main goal of becoming a lawyer, but I am extremely, extremely passionate about equity, diversity and inclusion work in any space. So you'll see that I've worked literally in healthcare doing EDI work. I've literally done like curriculum consulting for like the engineering department and it's like okay why are you in all these like random spaces what are you doing there don't you want to be a lawyer right um but I feel like all these spaces I'm just like somebody that wants to mend the gap like whenever I see okay there's a gap in this place in this institution in this like club society whatever how can I mend the gap so I think my biggest issue was trying to fight like my passion versus my career I really didn't know like okay I'm going into law school now. How am I still going to be able to pour into my community? How am I still going to be able to do the things that I love doing without jeopardizing my grades and becoming a lawyer? Um, so, right, be and also like securing a job and everything, like the financial struggles of being a lawyer, the financial implications that come with that type of degree. Um, and because I'm studying outside of Canada, thinking about, okay, how am I going to support this? I come from an immigrant family as well. So, you know, little things like trying to get a bank loan was an issue as well because 
not enough credit history, not enough this, not enough that. So all of these different challenges was going through my mind, like the financial implications, you know, my passion versus my career, um, you know, trying to trying to be everywhere all at the same place at the same time. So it was a lot coming out of university, but I felt like I was able to navigate it um, because of the people that I had around me. So from earlier on, I tried to make sure to get mentors in my field and outside of my field, especially individuals that I look up to um, so that they can help guide me through that path so I can have someone to talk to, to ask for advice, to lean on. Because like I said, as a first generation, you're probably the first in your family to be in these type of spaces. And it's really hard to navigate them alone. So you need to lean on your broader community, which is something that I really quickly started getting comfortable doing in the pandemic. You know, it's easier to just text somebody like, hey, you want to connect over LinkedIn or something like that. So you feel a little bit more inclined to like message them, whereas in person, it's so hard to like meet these CEOs or founders or VPs or whatever. Whereas LinkedIn, LinkedIn even sometimes just even gives you a populated answer where you're like, ah, bless, like, you know, I have to struggle. I don't have to try to find the words. And now we have AI. You can be like, tell me how to say this. It can, you know, formulate something beautiful for you. And you're like, ah, yes. 10 out of 10, right? So there's been so many ways that I've been able to connect with people that, you know, are following the same path as me and getting that advice and, you know, creating a plan for myself. And I'm also a Christian as well. So leaning on my faith, leaning on God to really help me, like being able to just trust in his plan for my life and just saying, you know what, like, I don't have to have everything figured out. I can just continue to walk and just go along the day. You know, today's worries are enough for today. Let me just keep going day by day. And it's really helped me a lot. And I know I spoke a lot and I speak really fast. So I don't know if I was able to capture um, that answer, but I just felt like those were all the things that I was going through at that point in time, especially when you're transitioning from, you know, high school and university to now it's like, oh my gosh, this is getting scary. It's the real world, right? And you want to make everybody happy, especially, you know, being first generation or coming from family you don't want to just do anything you want to make sure you're doing something that's successful that's helping that's building generational wealth or building that type of um legacy for your family to come so i think those were all the things that i was struggling with <laughs> during those type of last years of university yeah but to be honest that is amazing that and you know what like you did share with us a lot of things and I really appreciate, you know, your openness and honesty and, you know, your your ability to share your experience with our audience, too. But that takes a lot of courage, right? And takes and, and, and it seems that you take a lot of things, you know, you motivate yourself. So a lot of these things are not easy, as you said, on your own, you know, you know, trying to do things to achieve things for yourself, for your family. You know, you have a long term goals, you have short term goals and the ability even as a student to be able to reach to others, you know, to belong to, you know, groups, to, you know, find out who can be your mentor, to approach people. That is not easy for for young professionals sometimes and for students. A lot of people hesitate, you know, they're either because they're shy, you know, they're still discovering and trying to explore what they want to do in their lives. They don't have, you know, the, the courage or they don't have the inside strengths, you know, that tell them it's OK. You know, you will knock on different doors. You will try to be part of different groups. Some, you know, groups you belong to and you will find you have similar interests and, and you, you know, there's the chemistry between you and the people there and you want to help them and they want to help you. And sometimes you may end up, you know, being in groups that may not resonate with you or, you know, and that's okay. How did, what advice would you say to young, to a young professional who doesn't have the same courage and energy that you do? Because mm -hmm. we all have that energy, but not everyone discovers it. How can they, yeah. how, how can they help themselves? 
Yeah, like funny enough, people think I'm so extroverted and I'm so out there because I'm involved in so much. But coming into university, I was a very introverted person. I literally had like two friends, like my whole first year. Um, I was literally like, okay, because, you know, you come in with that stigma, like you're coming to UFT, you got to be serious, you got to be in your books. So I was just like, yep, I'm going to class and I'm going home. That's it. Not socializing. Like nobody's talking to you, trying to get that high grade, trying to get this. But I realized that doing all of that was impeding on my mental health, on literally my self-esteem, everything like that. And it was just, it was I wasn't even getting better grades because of it. So I actually started getting better grades the more I was involved in things, which is kind of weird. But that's like how I came in. I was very like quiet. I didn't talk to much people, but I wasn't getting far. Right. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like sometimes you might be shy or you might feel discouraged or you might be embarrassed. But I feel like now in today's world, you have to do those things that are cringy. You have to do those things that seem embarrassing, that seem weird to stand out, right? To make yourself known, to be out there. Like everybody's like uh, either an influencer or something like that. And it takes a lot of courage to pose, to make a day in a life, to post on your TikTok, but you need to do the cringy things to blow, right? So that's why I just feel like it works the same way for your life. You need to be able to reach out to somebody and have at the back of your head that they're not going to respond to you. And it's completely fine. You need to be able to, you know, ask for help and ask for advice. You don't know it all. You're not going to get through life by yourself. And I feel like being vulnerable with people actually takes you far farther than you might even expect, right? Especially when you go, I feel like UFT has this stigma that like everybody has it put together and everybody's so smart. Everybody, we are all struggling together. <laughs> like that's what it is, right? And the more you start to confront like, hey, I actually need help. Like I actually need the support. You know, this is what I'm going through. You realize the other people around you start to feel that way as well. Because when I first came in, I thought everybody had figured out I'm the only one that's confused. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to ask for help. But the more I started to get involved in clubs and societies, I start to realize everybody is in the same boat as me. Everybody's just putting on this, you know, brave face, but, you know, we're all dying in the library together or we're all looking for that financial support. We're all trying to apply to bursaries. We're all trying to, you know. So when you're the first person to speak up about it, you allow people to be more vulnerable to speak up about it and you're able to create those spaces. And I felt like, I just want to like quickly bridge into this. Like, this is why I actually restarted up the African Students Association on campus because I felt like, especially for black students, there wasn't enough space for us where we can actually grow and develop professionally. Like we had clubs on campus where we could do debate nights, movie nights, games nights, socials, and it's really great and it's really like amazing, but the scarcity of black or people of color in like higher institutions is very, you know, it's very small. And then when you move that into like actually corporate worlds, it's even smaller, right? So I wanted to create and facilitate a space that black individuals, African students actually could come in and feel confident, especially international students where they feel like they don't have enough anatomy to choose what they want to do. They have to stick to a path. Like I want to show them like you do have anatomy, you do have choices, right? And you can grow. So facilitating that space actually allowed students that were so shy that I would see in the hallway that might not even wave at me to actually speak up about their struggles in those meetings talk to other professionals in their field, ask questions, resources, and like try to build on that support. And I, that's, that's literally all I wanted. So for me, I just felt like if I don't start to speak up, maybe somebody else won't. And that's when I started to be more like bold about like my platform, posting about things like literally either if it's being bold about thanking God for this opportunity or being bold about like, hey, like, thank you. um, What's it called? Like this supervisor that helped me lead to this. I want to show people that 
people help you grow. Like people are stepping stones to your success and to your academic and professional journey. You cannot do it alone. Like literally, even if you want to like the, I want to use the analogy of a promotion. You can't get a promotion by yourself. You have to do the, your work, go to your manager, right? Your manager is your stepping stone. Your manager speaks on behalf of you and then you get that, right? So you can't do anything in this life by yourself. You need people as stepping stones. Not to say like you just need people to just use them and move to the next phase of life, but people bring add value to your life. People can speak, you know, on behalf of your value as well that can continue to open doors for you. Like when people speak about you in rooms that you're not even in, that's how you know that you're you know, your values expanding, that you're, that there are people advocating for you. And people can't advocate for you if they don't know what you're going through, if they don't know what supports you need. So for the, my shy people out there, like, you really, really have to, like, try to push yourself, try to break that. Um, there's a lot of resources that you don't, you don't have to, like, go on the stage and yell, like, hey, I need help. Like, you know, I'm struggling. No, 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 you don't have to do any of that. You can literally just message somebody, somebody that you feel like you can confide in, and they can connect you with the right people. Um, yeah, I know I said, I said a lot. I just feel like so much things come to my mind when I get these type of questions. So I just want to make sure to give like my full extent, like my full advice um, and talk about like my full experience in its entirety. Actually, I love everything that you say because it reminds me a lot of myself when I was in university. When I think about mm -hmm. it back now, like if I can go back, there's a lot of things I would have done differently. I yeah. did miss a lot of opportunities sometimes because I thought I was shy or people told me you were shy. But now when I rea when I realize exactly what you say, you know, sometimes you just need to speak up. Everyone wants to belong somewhere, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to help and get help and receive help. And that is normal, you know, and what you're going through is not so unique. We are all going through different stories, but are similar yeah. stories at the end of the day. And you do mention something so beautiful. I just want to highlight. I have to share something with you, Deb and Merica, if you don't mind, and with our audience. There's a podcast that I was listening to the other day, and unfortunately, I can't remember the speaker, but I'll try to remember and I'll share it with everyone uh, when I go back to my notes. But it talks about something you mentioned, that, which is being vulnerable, realizing that you're being vulnerable. So what she was basically saying that a lot of time they, she was trying to find out who, you know, who are the people who feel that they are loved the most mm -hmm. and, you know, who can survive a lot of, you know, challenges and difficulties that they face in their life and she realized when she looked at a group of people over 600 people I believe or 500 people she came to realize in the end the conclusion was that people who accept their vulnerability who know that they are not perfect and no one is perfect at the end of the day who know that they are they are facing challenges they know that they they have strengths but they also have opportunities for development and they're fine with that and they're able to share that with themselves and their others are the ones who felt that they are worth of being loved and therefore they were the ones who were able to strive and they were able to go further in their life because they were fine with who they are and they were fine to share that and they were fine also to accept other people for who they are so that's actually something so beautiful and, and I love the way you shared it because you shared it in so many things on a professional level you know spiritual religious you know in your studies at your family level friends so it touches everything that you mentioned so thank you so much for sharing that I'm going to hand it over to Merica sorry Merica I took a bit <laughs> no problem no problem and I loved hearing like everything that you folks were mentioning because I think I can relate so much um as like a recent graduate from well I consider two years ago still a recent graduate but um you know like when uh, um, Deborah you were mentioning how you know you have to be vulnerable in order to like be in these type of spaces and like to really ask for help because I always thought I can do this by myself I don't need nobody's help I can make it to the top but then like when 
you start being like vulnerable, start asking for help, actually looking into those resources that are provided for you on campus. And that's what I really like found so shocking that not a lot of people know about these resources that are on Mm -hmm. campus. There's so many networking opportunities. There's so many events, not even like just professional, just social events in general for you to meet new people that are in like the same job field that are provided for us. And I was so shocked that like not a lot of students know about this because they're so afraid to step out of that comfort zone. I remember when I was going through university, I would talk to people like, hey, you know, there's this event coming up and like there's a list of events on the UTM website like here they are these are the clubs and they'd be like wow there's over like hundreds of clubs that I could join and I'm like yeah like that's just how it is like you just have to find like your people you have to find who you, you want to like be basically in your throughout university and that's how I was able to you know grow into like the person as like professional person as I am nowadays and I'm so grateful for that because if it wasn't for me being involved I wouldn't be like this outgoing not really outgoing I'm so introverted just a little bit but like this outgoing person who's able to be like hey my name is America it's America without the A you know I wouldn't have been able to be doing that like in so many spaces if it wasn't for the fact that I got so comfortable with speaking um, and like, you know, getting to know others and meeting new people along the way. Because at the end of the day, like anybody can become a connection, that connection become a referral one day. And that's exactly what happened for me. And that is like something I'm so grateful for at the end of the day. And like now my parents can't say like, you know, you talk too much. Well, my talking too much got got me to places. Um, But I do want to ask someone who only graduated two years ago, as I mentioned, I know from personal experience, like the job market, it's not that easy. Um, The professional world, it's really not that easy to transition to, especially after graduating. You're like, okay, what do I do now? Where where do I go? Do I master? Do I get a job? Do I take a year off? Do I take a gap year? Like those are the types of questions that I asked myself. And like, I want to know um, from your perspective, like how is it like finding yourself after graduation? Like, was it easy? Was it difficult? Like, how did you transition to basically what we call adulting or like adulthood? <laughs> you know, what is that experience yeah. like for you? Yeah. um, Okay. So personally for me, so I grew up in a single parent household. So I feel like I grew up faster. Like I I felt like in high school, I was already thinking, okay, what am I going to do to like, you know, what am I going to do to be successful? What am I going to do to get this? What am I going to do to do that? Right. So it was natural. Like, I think it was a natural feeling for me, like literally in my third year to start thinking about my future already and that adult phase. Um, Yeah. In my third year, I want to even say, yeah, in my third year, I applied to like, I don't even know, maybe like 50, 60 jobs, got like 40, like 40 rejections. <laughs> like I was applying to like two jobs every single day like I was just going at it going at it going at it and then I'm like okay you know what like let me just actually focus on my studies it's okay like if it wasn't working out wasn't working out but I I have a unique experience where I've actually not gone with unemployment for a very very long time like literally like I've gone from job to job to job to job to job to job and it's because I strategically align myself with the periods of the, the time to get the jobs and I lean on my resources. So when I was getting to my last year, I remember around, you know, I think it was like November, I was already applying for jobs for the summer. So, um, and because I was already involved with so many community organizations and everything, when it came to that April time, I started getting offers that I didn't even apply for. Like I said, because, you know, of those referrals and just being a part of different communities. But I remember that I was really being strategic with the way I was applying to jobs and I was applying to 
I wanted to just gauge different areas because I knew I wanted to go into law school, but I wanted to see what else I could tap into, what type of different experiences I could tap into before I'm dedicating myself to law. Even though law has, you know, different variety of places you can enter into, I just didn't want to like confine myself to, oh, you're just a lawyer. You know what I mean? Because you know, I do so much different things. So around November, I started applying to so many different places. And I just want to shout out Sherry Brown. She works at the Career Center. I think she's the director of the Career Center or assistant director. She's amazing. We had like so many one-on-ones. We did like resume building together. Um, We looked over my cover letter. She did this thing where she's like, you know what, give me three dream jobs that you'd like to get in the future. So I gave her like three dream jobs that I did not even qualify for, like big jobs, like paying 200k 150k you know that have all these different perks and benefits and i'm like looking at my resume i'm looking at the job posting and i'm like all right you know like you can dream but maybe you should calm down so i would send her these jobs and she's like all right so what in these jobs do you think that you've seen yourself so i was like "Mm, I, i don't know i don't have three to five years this i don't have this and that and that's when she started saying but you have a lot of transferable skills that you got even from volunteering you have strong communication you know how to plan events you know how to gather people volunteer management you know how to do all these things i'm like that's true like i actually know how to do that that's true and it's like when you start counting It's like I have three years experience of events coordinator because I was literally in clubs and society since my first year and now I'm at my fourth year. So it's like a lot of people I feel like don't see the benefits of volunteering because they see it as, oh, yeah, I'm not putting my time into something that's not going to take me far. I'm not putting my time in something that I don't have any monetary gain. But I was getting so much professional development from these items that I was able to apply to my resume. So even that little small summer job that you think that you got on campus, that means nothing. You're literally working at one of the biggest institutions in campus. Canada one. Secondly, you're you're talking and you're working with managers, you're connecting with students from all across the globe, you're doing this, you're learning how to speak. If you're a campus tour, that's good. You have good memorization, good organizational skills, you're people-centric. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what? You're right. These are really great skills. So I was able to apply those skills and put them onto my resume. And then she told me to put jobs that I felt like I could apply for for the summer. And that's what I did. I went through them and literally like I was getting interviews like at that point, the resume was working. I was getting interviews back to back to back to back, but then I was getting rejection. So I'm like, okay, now I need to do more. So I went back on the CLNX page. I'm like, okay, let me book an interview prep workshop, right? So these are the type of resources that a lot of students don't use, right? They just see and they're like, ah, eh, you know, let me just try again. But you can't just keep trying without changing and fine tuning little things a part of the process, right? Like now that you know your resume is amazing and that guy can get you a call back, now you need to get to the next phase. How can I fix my interview skills? I, th- I thought that was something that I really needed to change. Like, how can I make sure that what I'm saying on paper translates to what I want to say, you know, verbally? So I did that interview prep workshop, learned a couple of things. I did some LinkedIn classes. I watched some YouTube videos. Even on TikTok, you go on TikTok, search up how to answer interview questions. You know, you find like a thousand and I'm like, "Mm, this is good. Like, I'm stealing this. Let me write this down, right? Even like asking questions at the end of the interview, like being strategic in the way you ask the questions. Like, and I was so bold to the point where like at the end of every interview question, I would say, you know, is there anything that in this interview pulls as a red flag or is there anything that you felt like I could clarify better? And that is like a key thing. Like everybody should ask that at the end of their interview because sometimes they actually raise things. Like some of the employees said, yeah, you're going to law school. We want somebody that's full-time. We want somebody that's committed. Then you get to explain like how you can maybe balance both. You could talk about the ways you balance different things, you know, throughout university. If you've held a job, if you've done school, if you've been a part of clubs and that reinforces and strengthens your application. So there's so many things that I've been able to learn by just tapping on my broader community 
And that actually led to, by the April, I actually had about like six job offers that I had to choose from. It went from rejection, 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 rejection to, okay, now which one do I want, right? And that's what we want everybody to experience. You want you guys to have the choice. You guys have the option to be like, yeah, no, I don't want this one. No, I don't want, you want the option, right? Not the, oh yes, okay, this is the only one, but I'm taking, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to settle because you're more than that. And there's a lot of people out there that they just, I guess, um, stick to their idea of their value according to their job. And it's like, you literally just got the job because maybe you actually, like some people, yeah, amazing, you got the job of your dreams, but some people I feel like they've settled and it's because they didn't apply themselves or they didn't strategically plan themselves out earlier. But you're literally more than your resume. There's so much that you can do. There's so much that you can bring in. And if you just learn the game, like I just call it the game because it is, right? There's a time you start the game. There's a time, there's a way you approach the recruiters. It's all a game, right? If you learn how to play the game, then you could re be really successful in the end of it all. So I felt like for me, different. I know a lot of people when coming out of university, it's like, oh, I'm trying to find a job. I'm trying to do this. I started extremely early because I knew. Like, that's what I'm saying. Another thing is listen to people's stories and don't repeat it, right? If you if you hear a bunch of stories of people saying, I got out of university. I just started applying for jobs. It's hard. Then that means you should not start applying for the jobs right when you graduate. You should have started at the beginning of your um, last year so you can be in so you can ensure that by the summer by the time of summer you're literally just waiting for your offers and you're relaxing so I think those were the things that I did strategically to try to get myself um you know situated and getting ready and I ended up actually being strategic even in the way that I selected my job because because I worked in a lot of nonprofit spaces and profitable sectors I had to say okay what do I want my resume to look like uh, I volunteered a lot so my resume if somebody reads it they're like yeah she's definitely a community builder definitely you know in the nonprofit space but because I wanted to be a lawyer I wanted to branch out of that nonprofit space and get some you know profitable sector work to ensure that I I'm able to strengthen my resume in case I wanted to apply for, you know, bigger companies or things like that. They don't just see community involvement, community engagement. So I actually um, accepted my offer at Visa Wealth, which was a financial management firm where I worked, you know, HR and policy. So I got to do a little bit of employment law, a little bit of HR work. And doing that actually helped me, you know, next for my next job, working at the school as a curriculum consultant. Then my next job doing, you know, consulting at Credera. Then my next job. So it was like it helped me get so many different um, experiences in the corporate world but then I was still having so much tangible experiences in nonprofit sectors. So now it's like up to me which resume I want to submit for which job posting, right? Because I feel like that's what a lot of people don't do as well. They kind of just do stick to one space and then they're stuck in that space. But diversify yourself, do things that you love, try new passions and tailor your resume to those type of things. So yeah, th those are my advices. And that's like kind of what I did in my last year. No, of course. And I think that you brought up so many great points like for instance like your experiences it doesn't matter whether it's work or volunteering or just in class stuff that you do can actually tailor towards your resume and your skills and bring that out for yourself because I remember when I was applying for jobs or not even like because in all honesty I was on the same like field of like kind of referrals got me to where I am because people were always like oh like you can like apply for this job I'm gonna refer you all this stuff but before that I was like okay like am I really gonna get that job if like I don't really have like the proper work experiences is McDonald's like my work experience at McDonald's really gonna get me to like where I am or like my Wonderland experience you know um but they're like you know what like it it's not that you had these jobs it's the fact that you had so many experiences from being involved from you know being in like these types of spaces that can get you where you are and like you said like tangible experiences like really can get you to places and those skills can turn into such like really great skills to the point where 
these are what employers are looking for. And then by you explaining it and like talking about it more um, in the interviews, it really can like open their eyes like, okay, you know what, this person actually is very valuable to us. And then that's where you can kind of land into like the second part of the interview or like even get the job at the end of the day. And then what you mentioned as well, like those referrals or your experiences got can get you to like more places. That's how I got here because at my next step, if it wasn't for like my experiences at school, I wouldn't have gotten this position as an online community specialist at my next step. Um, because now I'm, it's all about connecting with like the students, connecting with like these young professionals who are just as lost as I was um, entering university, like not knowing what am I supposed to do with my degree? What what am I here for? You know, how do I get involved? I didn't even know like going into the university that I had to apply to my posts. I didn't know that was a thing. And like posts, what I meant is basically, even though you're accepted into your degree, you're not really accepted until you pass like a certain grade within um, your program in order to be entered into your program. So that's what I meant. And I know that's, that's different for other universities, but U of T, they do it different all the time. So yeah, and speaking of all these community experiences um, during like your university years um, at U of T and like now in your professional field and like your law school and stuff, would you say your sense of community has changed once you graduate or, or joined the work field? Like how do you, how would you define your community now? Like can you share a little bit of your experiences? Yeah, I think my community is almost the same. And I feel like um, I have this friend, he always tells me like, you always need to carry people along. So even if at the beginning, my community was just a bunch of my friends, you know, we're all just like you said, maybe we're all working at McDonald's or Wonderland together. That was my community then. At this point in time, my circle of friends are young professionals who are working in tech, who are working at big companies like EY or KPMG, who are also studying law, who are doing masters. And I feel like that's literally the sense of carrying people along because you guys are not at where you started. You know, I mean, you guys have grown so much over the years. And my friends literally call me like, Miss put you on because I'll put you on to everything. If I see a scholarship, I'm sending it to you. If I see a resource, I'm sending it to you. If I see a job opportunity, like literally I have three or two of my friends working at my current job right now, like with me alongside in different departments. So it's like whatever opportunity that I see, I'm definitely going to pass it on. And I feel like a lot of people are afraid to, you know, share opportunities because they feel like, OK, if I share this, am I going to like lose my spot? Like you're not losing your value because you add value to somebody else. Like this whole point of life is to walk along it with people. You cannot do life alone. And I always say, like, what type of friend am I if I see my friend struggling to get a job and I'm, there's literally a job posting in my company? Like, why am I not going to share that with you? I, I don't, you know, I don't see the point in not lending a hand or doing this. And it's not even like um, the fact that maybe it's going to like shine, like dull your shine or whatever, because somebody else is coming in. Like, you might even be more valuable to your employer because he's like, OK, this person is bringing in business. This person is bringing in people that can help and continue to develop our organization. So I think that's like what it is like my sense of community has not changed like literally everybody that has kind of like started with me has seen me grown over time and anybody that's like that that might you know but that might have helped me in the past that now is like a like a like another stepping stone i can help them as well so i feel like that's what it is for me and that's why i pour a lot back into my community because i would be nowhere without them like literally like especially like my campus community my black community my nonprofit community even my corporate community like whatever it is i just feel like i have a huge like sense of pouring back because if somebody poured into me, then that means I could pour in somebody else and somebody else 
most important to somebody else. So I always like, you know, speak at U of T events because I really want to instill that in the students' minds. Like there's so much you can do. Do it now while you're still here. Build that community while you're still on campus. Because when you grow older, I feel like you meet like less people. Unless you're super sociable and you put yourself out there, like you're literally going to work coming back home like nobody's it's not a movie like you're not just gonna randomly start talking to people on the subway like nobody does that you're putting your airpods in you're listening to your music and you're going home you know what i mean so the times where you get putting those group projects and you think those that one person is annoying or that one person that's the time to connect with people the time where you're like your friends asking like hey you know like there's a club on campus doing like a talent show after school like come who cares if you don't sing come grab a snack and socialize talk to people you know what i mean like those are the times where you should be making those type of tangible relationships because you never know where somebody's gonna end up like for me I've moved to a lot of places like I lived in Quebec I lived in Calgary I've lived in Mississauga Brampton now I'm in Hamilton I went to the UK for school so there's so many people that I've met all across Canada and across the world that like I still need them in some sort of way shape or form like right now I manage a team of four in Alberta and because I went to school in Alberta I was able to hire people that I knew right so it's like literally like they were just chilling one day and they're like oh shoot like why is Deborah from, I don't know, high school, elementary messaging me, right? And that person got a job opportunity just because I remembered them, I thought of them. So that's why I say, like, imagine you weren't immersed in, like, those conversations or being or building those relationships. People are not able to think of people that they don't know, right? So you need to be there. You need to be present. You need to be fully there. Like, don't just be that, you know, go to school, clock out. That was me in first year literally go to school go to class class I would even leave class early sometimes I'm like yeah I'll watch this when I get home like you know what I mean so but when I realized okay no like I need to be on campus I need to be listening in class I need to be there I need to ask questions make friends with my classmates it helped me grow so much and it helped me to learn a lot as well because people are coming from different walks of life and you know you learn from everybody like some people might even be not smarter than you but you know what I mean smarter than you like there's people that can really pour into you like you think you got all your answers right you talk to that one student you're like okay I gotta go back to the drawing board like you know what I mean like that's your community your community uplifts you it helps you grow it pours into you and at that point in time like you're able to lean on them and you're also able to pour back into them so I feel like as I grow older, like my sense of community just keeps on growing and I'm even more strategic in the the people that I let in, that I let around me. And um, I'm more mindful of things because I've met so many people from so many you know places. So I'm able to like read people better. I'm able to understand different cultural differences and backgrounds. Um, it makes you, I feel like it makes you a better person as well because you're not just living in your bubble. You're able to adapt and connect and talk to different people from different walks of life. You become very like, people-centric like you become very mindful culturally responsive and it just helps you overall be a better person even in like if you want to go into work right just being able to work with different people from different environments so having a community is very very important and yeah like continuing to grow in that community is just as important you learn a lot from being part of organizations groups being part of a community you learn skills that you don't learn it in the classroom right no one mm -hmm. teaches you how to communicate negotiate how yeah. to present you know these are very important skills and guess what when you go for an interview this is what the employer is looking for they're looking for someone who can communicate can describe their ideas can you know be a team player 
you know, can, you know, respect teamwork, is accountable. That's that's literally what it is. I always tell people, even when I started working at um, the law firm right now, I never actually applied for it. Like I said, I reached out to this individual right before um, starting law school just to ask about their experiences and, you know, how they felt about this, that, and so. And then I that person just always checked up on me. Even when I got into school, I thanked the, per, the individual for, like, you know, the help and the support. And then when I was around literally November is November is peak season. November, I messaged this employer and I said, hey, like, you know, I'm rounding up my first year of law school. I want to learn about student opportunities at your firm. And I treated the meeting like it was an interview. I made sure to look at the firm. I made sure to look at things that they like, things that I like, even though it's supposed to be a casual conversation. Like I came ready in case they're going to ask, you know, tell me about yourself. Like I was ready. Right. And by the end of that interview, without even seeing my resume, this person actually offered me the job position. And one thing that they asked me is like, why do you really like, why are you so eager? And I said, the, the main thing is law in books is nothing like law in the practice and like in practice and i really want to understand what it's actually like being a lawyer because when you get on the stand or when you're dealing with a client you're not gonna be like one second let me look at the iraq formula like you're not <laughs> you're not doing that right you need to be you need to trust your instinct you need to be people centric you need to know how to communicate with people the law can teach you the rules and how things go but law can't teach you how to be empathetic law can't teach you how to communicate well law can't teach you how to be on time for your client meetings law can't teach you how to like you know try to like understand different cultural practices that might you know impede on this person's legal issue so there's so much things that i literally i'm learning right now that i have never learned before literally just being in the just being in um my summer student position and actually learning and applying what i you know got in school to here but also using my own knowledge of oh yeah you know i had a friend that you know they had this background they had this cultural history that's true that's probably how that their family structure works or you know you're able to use so many different things and it's not just based off of books 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 so yeah i definitely agree i totally agree with that too because like I think doing your research and like just being like, per like having that preparedness within you, like, hey, you never know when you're about to do an elevator pitch on the spot <laughs> and you yeah. have to like perform, perform it well so that they in their mind like, hey, I remember that girl that just randomly just gave me like this really good insight about like X, Y, Z. I remember like even my name is like an elevator pitch I would always say because everyone would be like what do you mean America like what do you mean it's America without the A like what are you named after our country I'm like you know what let's talk what about how about we sit down and let's talk about it and I really liked how you're um, talking about being open-minded and being mindful about other people's cultures and stuff like that because I remember entering university like I would think that okay this is there's only one way to go about things but then when you start entering university it's you're open more to things because I think we can all relate elementary school high school it's very much the same kind of dynamic same uh, like cultures that you grew up with same friends that you grew up with like for I don't know like 12 years or so but then when you go into university you start growing up with like more more of that like mm -hmm. there's more cultures that are being introduced to you there's more backgrounds that you are like finding out about and you're just like whoa okay like this is a whole new scenery and you have to be more mindful more open to like you know learning about people and like you mm -hmm. know giving them the spaces and like being that culture awareness about their backgrounds and all of that so I really appreciate that you brought that up before we wrap up fully. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marika. So I really appreciate that because you did, as Marika mentioned, you touched a lot on a lot of key points, not just being part of a community. You talked about being vulnerable, accepting that, being open to feedback too, which is, I think is great. A lot of people kind of hesitate 
to ask for feedback. How did I do today? How did I present myself? But being part of all these organizations, starting your own even community yourself, you know, asking people to become a member of your organization and, and all of that experience. At the end of the day, what did you learn to earn about trust? How do you gain the trust of members of your community? And how do they also gain your trust? What were the key things that you learned through that process? Yeah, I think the key thing is literally vulnerability. And I feel like when people are vulnerable with you and you see that authenticity in them, you're just naturally more inclined to trust them, believe them about their experiences. Because I know there's been like a lot of like maybe networking events that I've gone through and people only talk about the success, the success. Oh, yeah, I did this. Yeah, I launched this because I did this. But it's like that's not really the reality for everybody. Right. And if you talk about your experiences and you're able to actually identify those little things like, you know, growing in, growing up in low income or being a single parent household or being an immigrant family or having this or this struggle, like it's easy to be like, hey, I got a scholarship. Right. But what went behind that did you did you need the scholarship for a particular reason what made you even apply to it what was going on in your life at that time like when you give people the full picture it's easier for them to lean on you for advice and support and I felt like that was the same for me like when I speak to like there's some lawyers that I spoke to before law school that they will just tell me like yeah you know law is good blah blah yeah we make a lot of money and then there's some that's like hey like I didn't know what I wanted to do like you know, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. This is the, this is how I went about it. I made this and this a mistake. Don't do that. I mean, you could try this. Like, I like that. I like the authenticity, authenticity better than the, you know, persona of just being successful and just having everything put together. Because even now, as I speak, I don't have everything put together. There's days that I'm like, okay, what am I even doing? Or there's days that, like, I'm still applying for certain things and I'm not getting them, you know? Success is not an overnight phenomenon. And you're going to continue to grow like because you're going to be coming like as you're growing, you're stepping into spaces of expertise, you're stepping into higher spaces. And as you get into these new spaces, now you need to change and alter and, you know, get yourself to continue to like, you know, it's like a game, literally like your level one, level two levels, like you're going to new levels and at each level there's a new obstacle. So you need to either one get vulnerable really quickly so you can get that help and support or if it's the other way around, be able to seek out those people that actually give you the full picture that give you the full extent so that you can make really good um, decisions about you know your life and your experiences and your professional development you do remind me of something my dad always says which is about yes people always share about their successes but we all have our challenges right at the end of the day he always says it's 10 points you have 10 points I have 10 points America has 10 (laughs) points an audience have each one has 10 points but they're distributed differently you don't know how we each have strengths and areas where we are struggling with but it differs from one person to the other so and being able to accept that because this is life and this is the beauty of it i think mm-hmm. that would makes you connect with others because you're able to share with them your successes your challenges and learn from one another and i think that what makes you know what makes us part of a community and want to be a part of a community right and yeah. actually that's something so super important to my next step because this is what we are or our values are built on being part of a community, you know, creating a community. So I want to thank you so much, Deborah, today for joining us and Merica as well. You have touched on a very important and so, you know, let's say it's something that touches our life every day. It's a, mm-hmm. it's an important term. It's a general term community. But as we can see throughout, you know, our discussion today, it alludes to many different things on many different levels about vulnerability, yeah. seeking feedback, learning new skills. I really loved our conversation today. I want to thank you so much. And I'm going to turn it over to Mirka as well now. Thanks a lot. And I just want to end it off with like a final, final question. And I want to ask if you were speaking to your first year self, 
like who kind of was just like, okay, like I'm just going to go into school and then be done with it. What would you say to her now? Yeah, I would definitely say ask for help <laughs> because that was something that I was struggling with. Like, I needed that help. I didn't ask for it. And if I asked for help, I felt like I would have been able to identify those groups, clubs, campuses, resources, job opportunities way faster. So that's the biggest thing. Like, ask for help. Don't be shy. Um, it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, you don't look like a loser or you don't look like a failure because you didn't get it right. It's okay. That's that's what I would tell myself. And I love that because, honestly, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone, folks, because at the end of the day, like, you only live one life. You're paying so much to be in that university in the first place, so why not take advantage of it? Take advantage of the resources. Take advantage of all the events, the networking opportunities that are provided for you. There's clubs. There's your student union. There's career centers all out there for you to, like, basically run into their office and ask for help, you know. Um, they're totally there for you, and that's all they want to do is help you. And that's why, like, my next step, we also want to help you, um, which is why we brought in the guest speakers to basically learn more insights, learn about their experiences, their journeys, and their stories. And this is why I want to thank Deborah here today for sharing that experiences. So honestly, this is all for this month's episode. Like, I really want to thank you again, Deborah, for joining us, for sharing your experiences, for being vulnerable, because um, that's super important in today's world, especially because there's not a lot of people who want to bring that genuine help to others. And like, especially young professionals who who may be struggling and just, they just want that piece of advice from someone like you to basically kind of lead them into the right direction, kind of like kickstart their, um, their career and wherever they are, they want to go in their their lives if you like this month's episode please subscribe to keep updated with our latest events our news and don't forget to leave your thoughts in our comments do connect with deborah i'm pretty sure she's happy to answer any questions for you um her linkedin is linked within our podcast today but that's all for today's podcast folks we wish you well thanks for listening till next time